Well, good morning and welcome once again. Happy Trinity Sunday, the day when we celebrate that somehow mysteriously God is one, but also God is three. That God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at the same time. Scholars and theologians have wrestled with this and tried to explain it without it being a heresy for thousands of years. So I'm not even going to try today. I don't know how it all works together exactly, but I do know that we can look in Scripture and we can look at our experiences and our tradition and see the ways that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit have worked together to show humanity what love is. So this morning we're going to consider how God's greatness as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit can empower humanity to live faithfully even when life feels uncertain. Because let's be honest, life is full of surprises. The good surprises and the really hard surprises. Joy and of heartbreak and disappointment. I don't know about you, but I have certainly felt that way over the last couple of weeks. It feels like I've been on a seesaw of sorts. Things have been really good and then really hard and then incredibly disappointing and unbelievably hopeful all at the same time. So for me, it all started three weeks ago on a beach trip with Micah's family. This is a beach trip we planned in December. Um, Our family and Micah's sister and her family, we went in on this condo to get them all together. They all live in Huntsville, and we have two nephews. One is three, and one is like six months. So it was really special for us to get to spend that quality time together, and the weather was perfect, and we were all together. That was the most important thing. But I was having a really hard time being fully present because when we planned this beach trip back in December, we couldn't have known the transitions that were ahead for our church musically with our ascension service and then coming up in here in our traditional service. And so I don't know who all knows this about me, but leading worship was my gateway into church leadership. I love to sing and play guitar. So when the need arose, to step in and kind of organize the team for a few weeks. I was excited to do it, but it also is a lot on top of all the other things. So while we're at the beach, that happened to be the first weekend that we have with this new Ascension team. So while I'm trying really hard to be present, playing with my nephews, playing card games with my father-in-law, My mind is reeling with all of these questions, like what if something goes wrong? What if the technology doesn't work? What if the slides are out of order? All these things that I've never really thought about before at this particular church, all of a sudden came to the forefront of my mind. Well, fast forward a couple hours into Sunday morning, and everything went off without a hitch. I mean, we had a couple of things here and there, but altogether, God was glorified. We felt the presence of God in that space, And the service has continued. We have so much talent within this church, musical talent. And it has been a joy to sit back and watch it unfold. And then naturally, the very next week was the week, again, a long time ago that Micah and I planned to be out. And so I felt like I was abandoning the Ascension service by being away on Memorial Day weekend, but we had flights booked to Montana. We were going to Glacier National Park. And so You know, we put all of our faith and trust in the amazing people that were still here. And guess what? It worked again. God continues to show up and God continues to be glorified and worshiped in this service. So we went on the trip. 
Mike and I went on the trip with our two best friends to Glacier National Park, and we hiked and we biked. We saw two bears from a safe distance, didn't have to use our bear spray. We saw lots of chipmunks and deer. We saw the biggest lake west of the Mississippi River. We saw waterfalls. We hiked through snow in May. I mean, it was incredible. It was so rejuvenating and refreshing. And so we're sitting in the airport on Friday afternoon, and one of those downswings I'm talking about happened. Micah got a phone call, and I could tell immediately it was not a good phone call. I don't know if you all know the amount of troubles that his church has been going through, Springfield Avenue United Methodist Church. They have been out of their building for almost two years now because of damage from Hurricane Sally, and then they found termite damage, and then they got more water damage. So they've been meeting at Westside UMC, and that's been okay. You know, they've been trucking along. They're grateful to have a space. Well, within the last three weeks, their choir director died, and their organist and pianist have been in and out of the hospital leaving them with no musicians at all. So each week, he's been trying to scramble to find someone to come and lead them in the musical part of worship, because it's so important. But even with all of that, there was one thing that they were holding on to, one glimmering hope that was carrying them through what can only be described as a miserable season. They were supposed to host these interns this summer, these college interns from all over the United States through a program called Quad W. And while we're in the airport, Micah gets the call that the site is not going to make in Mobile. It was absolutely devastating. I mean, they, before we left for that trip on Montana, we had spent an entire day putting together the beds, setting up the showers, putting out the TV, the carpets, the ping pong table, all the things that were donated by people in our district, hoping and praying that this church would have a win and be able to celebrate God's greatness through this intern program. So you can imagine the devastation that he felt and that I, wearing my pastor's hat, pastor's wife's hat, felt for him going through this again. So we head back home. We fly home. What else are you going to do knowing what lies ahead for us? And I have a big upswing here at Ashland Place. We have VBS for the first time in three years, and it was an incredible week. I mean, each morning the kids would sing and dance, and they progressively got a lot more comfortable and a lot louder and a lot more rambunctious, as you would hope. They got to make really fun snacks. They got to do science experiments. They got to see Bible stories explained and acted out. And not only that, it was really awesome to watch the youth and adult volunteers all come into their individual spaces to make it a success, to make it run smoothly. It was an incredible week. But then, right in the middle of that week, we got the news that a beloved father and son and uncle and friend had died. Law Stewart, a beloved member of Ashland Place, and when I tell you everybody at at Bible school felt it, Everybody felt it. His daughters had been there volunteering on Monday and Tuesday. I think Ella Cat was one of the first youth I met here, Law's daughter. And so it hit us all. We are a family here. It is devastating to lose someone like Law. And so we have the downswing of having to prepare for a service tomorrow in the midst of all the else that's going on. And then something, I don't know if it's a high or a low or in the middle, But today also marks the beginning of annual conference, 
where Sterling and I and lay delegates will go to Montgomery and have to have these contentious conversations about what will the United Methodist Church be moving forward. Have you ever been in a season like this? Perhaps you're in one right now, where it just feels like the joy and the sorrow, like I don't know how to hold it at the same time. The heartbreak and disappointment, but also the hopeful and inspiring, it's hard to know how to reconcile the multitude of things we can experience in this life. But in light of Trinity Sunday, in remembering our great, huge, diverse, three-person God, I want us to ask these questions. What if God the Father is strong enough to handle our anxieties, our fears, and our uncertainties about the future? What if God the Son has compassion and can save us from ourselves? What if God the Holy Spirit can carry us from this darkness into a marvelous light? Our scripture today reminds us that we serve a great God who shoulders the burdens of life with us and for us. Last Sunday, we celebrated Pentecost, the Holy Spirit being poured out on humanity when suddenly and miraculously people could understand each other in their own native languages. And the way they described it in the book of Acts was the Holy Spirit rained down like tongues of fire. So we still have our red and orange reminding us that the Holy Spirit is here. This morning, our gospel text jumps back a little bit, and it's what's within the farewell discourse in the Gospel of John. And these, first, these five verses are just a snippet, just a glance at all the things Jesus has been telling his disciples before his departure from earth. He's trying to convince the disciples that his imminent departure is going to be a positive thing for them and for the entire community, but the disciples, they're not, they're not buying it. Though this discourse is primarily offered from the perspective of Jesus, we can sense the confusion and fear within the disciples. What were the facial expressions of the disciples as they're receiving this news that their beloved teacher and friend is about to leave them? What was their body language as Jesus repeatedly tells them that he must go? What tone did Jesus take as he offered these words? Even without those details, we know from Jesus' repeated call to find joy and to trust in him that Jesus is speaking with sad and fearful and uncertain disciples. They're not sure what they can face without him. You see, the disciples, they knew Jesus. He was a friend who they could see, they could touch, they could hear, they could smell. They had a lived relationship with Jesus that, of course, required faith, but not the kind of faith that was going to be needed to believe in this unseen spirit that was about to be poured out. And Jesus tells them in this discourse, there are things I need to tell you, but you're not ready for it yet. I know you cannot bear it yet. The word bear there in the gospel is the same that we would use it in the, in the English language. The Greek word denotes a physical weight, bear. It's the same word that was used when Jesus bared the cross. And when Mary Magdalene is describing the person, the gardener that, who has carried away the body of Jesus, bearing is a physical weight. And Jesus recognizes that these disciples cannot bear 
what he is saying to them right now, but assures them that when the Holy Spirit is poured out, that that very Spirit of God will guide them to all truth. How incredible is it to think that Jesus, before he ascended, took the time to reassure the disciples? And it was way more than just these five verses. If you look in the Gospel of John, it's multiple chapters of Jesus trying to leave. His farewell was long. It was lengthy because Jesus could feel their anxiety and their uncertainty about what this meant. He acknowledges it, but then promises them that God will not leave them abandoned. In fact, Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, you will no longer have to wander aimlessly because the very Spirit of God will lead you to the truth. This truth that the Holy Spirit will lead them to is not a set of instructions or laws, but the truth is God, God's self. In John 14, 6, Jesus tells the disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. The Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work together to lead us to understand God's love more fully. You know, the entire week of VBS this week was about God's monumental, great, huge love. And I don't know exactly where the scenery was set, but it looked like Arizona. If you kind of think about Arizona, but maybe you've never been, you picture desert, but also mountains, and all of the animals were from this mountainous region. And so each day during VBS, Mary Hunter would get up and tell them the main theme of the day, and an animal would come on the screen and back that up. And the same theme that the animal said, that Mary Hunter said, was then expounded upon in each session that they went to throughout the day. The four themes throughout the week were God loves you no matter what, God is with you everywhere, God is in charge, and God is more powerful than anything. Now these are simple but foundational Christian beliefs. I think that most of our preaching and teaching in the church, if we boiled them all the way down, would fit into one of these four categories. We have a loving, compassionate God who is strong, who is in control, and who is with us wherever we go. Honestly, if the whole world could grasp those four points and live into them, the world would be a lot closer to the one God designed it to be. But there's even more to learn. You know, these VBS themes have to be curated for kids K-4 all the way to, you know, fifth grade and also for the youth volunteers and the adult volunteers. And so I think about those K-4 students who perhaps it was their first time at VBS. Perhaps they do not yet know that the same God who created the heavens and the earth by speaking it into existence, who created us from dust, is also the same God who willingly took on flesh, came and lived a human life, died on the cross so that we could be reunited in eternity. And that that same God is the one that was poured out on Pentecost and can live inside of us, guiding us throughout our lives and connecting us to people throughout the world. By God's grace, those children and all children, all people, will one day know and love the whole Trinity, the mystery of God above us, the good news of God beside us, and the power of God that lives within us. At the closing canyon each day, 
of VBS, Mary Hunter would walk around with the microphone and ask, where did you see God today? And all their little hands would shoot up, because who doesn't like to talk into a microphone in front of all your friends? They would say things like, in my friends, in the games, in the trees outside, in the starburst Miss Camille gave me, in the animals we see, everything. And isn't that the point, that there's no wrong answer? Our God is so big and complex and mysterious but present that truly, if our eyes are open and our heart is open, we can see and experience God in all we do. We can feel God in the darkest of pits, and we can see God's goodness at the top of the mountains and everywhere in between. Our challenge amid the multitude of experiences we encounter in this lifetime is to remember what God has done before and know that that's the same God who's with us now. Far too many of us carry around heavy loads of anxiety and stress about the evil, the injustice, the hurt and loss we experience in this life, and rightfully so. But friends, we were never meant to bear these things alone. Our God is big enough to create, to redeem, and to sustain all of us through all the things we experience in this life and in the one to come. So perhaps it's possible to shift our thinking. What if God, our creator, can make beauty from ashes once again? What if God, our redeemer, can reconcile all that has been broken? What if God, our sustainer, can carry us through impossible situations. Friends, God has been faithful before and will be faithful again. I don't know how God does it. I don't know how God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit create, redeem, and sustain all at the same time. But I am grateful for the reassurance Jesus offers in this passage today, that in a world where worry, anxiety, and uncertainty are all around, that we have a huge, great, monumental God who can bear it all with us. May we be people who believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, who can bring peace and comfort unimagined. Amen.